Star Wars 7x7, episode 488. Today, the state of the rebellion during the new novel, Star Wars Battlefront, Twilight Company. Punch it, Chewie. It's rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and let's talk about the rebellion in Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company, shall we? And of course, Battlefront Twilight Company is the new novel that just came out yesterday by Alexander Freed, and it takes place squarely within the time frame of the original trilogy, specifically between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, and eventually during the novel, crossing right into The Empire Strikes Back timeline. But we'll get to that in a moment. First off, let's say that the time is a little slippery inside Battlefront Twilight Company. It begins by telling you that um, 18 months prior to the events of Battlefront, that a mid-rim push had begun. And what that is specifically is that the rebellion, buoyed by the defeat of the Death Star, had decided that it was time to start pushing in from the fringes of the galaxy from the Outer Rim and start moving in toward more populated worlds and pushing their advantage and trying to take over more planets and more populations away from the Empire. So that happens about, uh, I guess... Let's see, the time frame is 18 months ago, so you put it like right squarely between uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars. But then it turns out that nine months after that push began, the High Command says that the Rebel fleet is overextended and says, no more pushing, no more pushing, let's just hold what we've got. And then a couple months later, a retreat begins. So we are in the midst of that retreat when we are dropped into Twilight uh, Battle, <laughs> excuse me, Battlefront Twilight Company, uh, where they're already going back across worlds that they have previously conquered. And that retreat is ongoing for about three and a half months in the beginning of the novel, and then it jumps a bit because it actually jumps to of all things, and this is the thing that I really want to get into on Friday because I'm super excited about it, and I guess this is a spoiler alert potentially if you have not yet read the novel, and uh, you can probably guess this one by what the cover looks like because there's only one other, <laughs> only one place in the Star Wars galaxy where we've seen snow and Imperial walkers and people clothed like the troopers you see clothed on the cover of Battlefront Twilight Company, and that is on Hoth. Yes, indeed, the action goes to Hoth during the Battle of Hoth at the Empire Strikes Back, or in the Empire Strikes Back, I should say. And it makes it seem like the three-year time frame that we had believed to be the case between Star Wars and Empire is not necessarily the case, but it jumps because it starts saying from, you know, 100-odd days uh, into the mid-rim retreat, which is about... Uh, roughly, you know, 18 months after the events of Star Wars, that you then get into uh, 15 days before K10 or whatever it is. Um, that's actually the evacuation of Hoth. So time is a little bit slippery on there, but it seems like, uh, at least on first blush, they may be shortening the time frame between Star Wars and Empire. But I'd love to hear if you have read Battlefront already, or you're already diving into it. If you have any thoughts on that, chime in at the comments for the blog post. 
for this show's episode at SW7x7.com and tell me what you think about that time frame. Heck, I may end up tweeting uh, out about it and seeing if I can get some answers from the uh, Lucasfilm folks. You never know. And this novel actually ties in a bit with Heir to the Jedi, the first-person Luke Skywalker novel that also takes place in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. It paints a picture of a rebellion in retreat, where even though they had had some success by blowing up the Death Star, that they were still scattered and ragtaggy and desperate for survival, and that their appearance on Hoth was not because this was a you know successful new setup, but that this was the most out-of-the-way place that they could figure figure out to hide because that was what they'd been reduced to. And you get that sense of progression in Battlefront Twilight Company from how they were riding high after destroying the Death Star to what they were reduced to after the Battle of Hoth. And things get very desperate for the heroes of Twilight Company after the Battle of Hoth. I mean, the Alliance High Command is out of touch and gone into hiding. The Alliance forces are scattered about the galaxy, and Twilight Company has no way of of getting hold of them. And so they are left to fend for themselves while being pursued across the galaxy for the governor that they had captured. Um, The Imperials are after them, trying to track them down. And the most that Twilight Company can do is either decide to continue running or to trust that Imperial governor and the knowledge that she claims to have about all of the Imperial logistics and possibly go on the attack. One last series of (laughs) devastating attacks against the Empire for whatever it's worth. And without giving the final parts of the novel away, that's where the rebellion stands during Battlefront Twilight Company. And we'll talk to you a bit about the Empire and the main movers and shakers that appear in the novel in tomorrow's episode. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July. And we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts. Not just the regular episodes, but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at sw7x7.com and let's talk. Alright, let's talk trivia, shall we? Dangerous and disturbing this puzzle is. Last time we asked you what Admiral brought his fleet out of hyperspace too close to the Hoth system. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. It's Admiral Ozzel. Today's question, what's the underlying color of R2-D2's head dome? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go visit the Clone Factory, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!